You're listening to the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Thank you, Kansas City. We did it, baby. What's up, guys? Happy Red Friday to all of you Chiefs fans out there. It is the AFC Championship preview here on the Nosebleed Seats. Jordan Anderson with me as always, my guy, Marcus Baker. Marcus, one game away to the Super Bowl possibly running it back. I don't know about you, but this last week's been dragging ass. Ever since we beat Cleveland, I told you all we would. I called it. Go back and listen to it. I called it. I said we would, and I'm going to call it again. But this week's been dragging ass, has it not? Absolutely. This is the slowest week I can remember. Um, I'm in the process of moving my fiance. Um, out of her place, we're, we're getting a place together, trying to get all that finalized. So I was hoping that it speed up my situation waiting this week. Oh, it hasn't. Nope. Not at all. Uh, this, this has been the longest week I can remember. I just, I'll tell you what, my legs are getting sore. I'll just running it back. I'm not used to it. It's just, don't know if I can handle all this running it back, you know? <laughs> see what you did there. I see what you did. Well, some breaking news to start off our podcast tonight, in case you didn't know, Patrick LeVon Mahomes II is going to start on Sunday. He was out of concussion protocol today. So that's exciting news, uh, if you can't tell. Didn't really want Chad Henney back there in the gun or under center uh, with a Bills team that's been playing pretty good last five weeks. So, as always, guys, we're going to give you the, the AFC Championship breakdown, give you our players to watch on each team, and as well as giving you the – Keys to victory for both teams. Uh, You know, really going to talk about Buffalo in depth a little bit because what they did last time definitely is not going to work, and we'll talk about that here in just a few. Anyway, AFC Championship Sunday at 540 Central Time. That is a night game right right up to 6 o'clock. I'm sure it probably won't kick off until 545 or so. But anyway, it's going to be on CBS. The Chiefs are a three-point favorite as of right now. I'm not sure if that was pre-Patrick Mahomes' injury or uh, even as it still stands. I'm not sure. I have not checked the line lately. But Buffalo's coming in off a 17-3 win over Baltimore where either team really didn't have a lot of uh, finesse there. I think the Bills only scored 10 points offensively. They had their other touchdown on a 101-yard interception return that Lamar Jackson just threw right to them. Uh, I know the Buffalo fans are blowing that one up like it's a big, huge play. But, you know, I mean, it was. It was a big, huge play. I don't, I don't, I want to give credit where it's due. But offense didn't really have anything going for them. And we're talking about an offense that's been scoring 40 plus the last four or five weeks. So something to watch for there. Kansas City comes off a win against Cleveland 20, was it 27 23? Is that what it was? Ended up being? Uh, that sounds, that sounds right. No, it's 22 17. what i'm seeing yeah, I, thought, I thought they scored more than that anyway they held them to that's st- beside the point that game's over we beat them i told you we would but offense didn't really take a lot of uh chances there in the red zone uh you know kind of limited cleveland kind of limited kansas city to field goals 
And, you know, none, none of us fans were really happy about it, uh, especially with Butker missing as many as he did, partly to blame on Tommy Townsend, the holder. Uh, laces were not out at the time. Uh, I think they got that fixed in practice this week. I know Dave Tobe addressed that. So look to see more accuracy from Harrison Butker this week, hopefully. But, Marcus, what about this Buffalo team that's that's starting to scare us? I wouldn't even honestly say the word scare. I think it's just what you have to be cautious of because it is a change from what we saw last time that we played Buffalo back in week six. And I'm hoping that the loss of Zach Moss may may delude their ability to run the football. But that was really the difference between the team we saw in week, week six and the team that won the divisional playoff game is they found a much more established, balanced identity offensively as a team. And they really had their run game blossom with the duo of Singletary and Moss. Well, they lost uh, Moss here a couple weeks back, I think in the wild card round. Could have been week 17. I think it was a wild card round against Indianapolis. I think that's going to be a big hit for them, and I think maybe it's going to alter the uh, fire that they had as an offense. But to touch on what's really worrisome or what you really have to pay attention to, I think it's just Josh Allen's ability to make plays, similar to what we see with Pat. And it's really the only similarity that I really see between the two that I can definitively say, yes, Josh Allen has improved tremendously as a player. I mean, you're talking like outside the intangibles because their their arm strength is pretty identical. Yeah, and their ability to throw the ball outside the pocket, I would I would put as well. But and they both. If have, you're just talking anything but intangibles, and yeah, I mean, I'm right with you. Right, and I just I feel like Allen's ability to sca- escape pressure is up there with Mahomes. It may even be a little bit better because his side to side athleticism, I think, is a little bit more elite. Patrick just has incredible feel for the pocket and incredible vision when he's trying to move side to side, and he he moves in a way that I've always kind of compared this to what Aaron Rodgers did, especially when Patrick was coming into into the league. He looks to throw. You know what I mean? He moves to throw. You see a guy like Lamar Jackson, or, I mean, there's, there's a few guys in this league at this point that they move to run or move to take what's there. I think Josh has a little bit more of that tendency. But Patrick moves in more of an Aaron Rodgers method to where he's just creating that extra second to throw the 55-yard bomb or the 65-yard throw. Allen has that in his arsenal, but I think sometimes he looks to run more than, say, a guy like Mahomes or Rodgers. And I think in this game, he needs to rein that in because I don't personally believe that the little 5- and 10-yard runs here and there are going to do what they need it to do to stay in this game. I think he's going to have to make the over-the-top bomb throws and hit the big throws on the move after escaping pressure. I think that's going to be a necessity, and I think that's the scariest thing for the Chiefs. Is Really, I think that's one of the only ways that you can throttle our pass coverage or basically overcome it because we have one of the more solid pass coverage groups in the league. And, I mean, you look at a guy like Snead, a guy like Breland, who hopefully all signs are pointing towards him hopefully playing on Sunday. Ward, we have an above-average pass coverage group, and I'm I'm excited to see what they can do against a quarterback that does have some ability to create that's got his confidence under him. 
I think in week six he didn't have confidence like he does now. So I'm going to be interested to see how that goes. And we know what the pass rush was able to do. I mean, you brought it up, I believe, in our Casey Tailgater show. I mean, Chris Jones, I think he had three pressures. Frank Clark had two. This isn't an offensive line that's impenetrable. Their tackles are both a little bit up there in age. They're not super old guys, but they're not spring chickens. I think they're guys that are susceptible to fatigue through a, throughout the duration of a game. You look at a guy like Mitch Schwartz, or Mitch Moore, excuse me. Um, I think that's somebody that Chris Jones can handle. And he played very well against Mitch in week six. And I don't think he was at 100% in that game either. So I think it's going to be very telling to see how Josh Allen moves and if his mobility creates big plays and how the Chiefs pass rush can neutralize that. I think that's really going to be the tail of the tape in terms of how this game goes. Because I think without that factor in Josh Allen's game, I don't think Buffalo has an opportunity to win this with with a Zach Mossless run game. And, you know, you talk about uh, health. Kansas City seems like they're getting a lot of people back. I know some of the photographs leaked today. They saw Osemele practicing. He's obviously not going to play on Sunday. But that's a good sign just of, you know, that's props to Kansas City strength and, or strength and uh, conditioning coaches and their trainers and people like that, their medical staff. Because he had two torn tendons, if I remember right. I'm not sure if it's torn ACL or something like that, but that's incredible that he was out there practicing today. It didn't look like he had a brace on or anything. But aside from that, Kansas City is getting healthy. Sammy Watkins practiced all week. Clyde Edwards-Alaire practiced all week. Like you said, uh, just a few minutes ago, Bashad Breeland practiced, although he had the concussion. Those guys are all questionable. I expect most of them to play, if not all. So we will see what happens there. Before we get to our – our players to watch. I want to talk about these bold predictions that I saw today. Um, I don't know if some of our listeners listen to the pick six podcast on CBS, but some of these bold predictions, it's like they don't watch football at all. These are Moroccan. seen these, these I get their bold predictions and you can basically say whatever you want to say, but some of them are just so illogical that, you know, you can't believe it. Will Brinson, predicted that Travis Kelsey will have under 50 receiving yards. Ryan Wilson predicted Josh Allen will have a total of six touchdowns, four passing, two rushing. And John Breach predicts Josh Allen will finish with three or 450 total yards. I do not see any of those coming to life. And not saying they can't, just the probability of them is ridiculous. When was the last time Travis Kelsey had under like 70 yards? Because I, I can't remember off the top of my head. It's Week been, 17 because he didn't play? Right. It's been, I think, a couple years in big games. If we're talking season on the line or playoff berth on the line, the big games that they've had to play in or against a high-fledged opponent like or a high-octane opponent like the Ravens or a team like that, he shows up. He's a guy that thrives in the big moments. So, I mean, that one's just delusional. He's the best tight end of the game. How disrespectful. First off, I just – I just I had to bring that up real quick. I wasn't trying to get a whole conversation started on it. I just thought that was ridiculous. It, I had to put that in there. It takes the validity off of CBS. Like that's so much of a hot take that it makes you look idiotic. Those Honestly, it does. Yeah. <laughs> those are – I mean, I read those. I've seen those as well. I think on Twitter is where I found them. And I literally laughed out loud as I finished reading the third one. 
Because it's like those are possible, but the probability is very low. And if that's the case, it's probably a blowout one-sided. But what, what I laughed about is it's all pro Buffalo. And I'm just, I sit here and think, and we've discussed this on our personal time. I don't understand why the people, the people in terms of NFL fans as a whole, why people hate the Chiefs. This isn't the Patriots. This isn't the 90s. No, but we are the new Patriots. And you know what? I'm loving every second of it. I just, I hate the, for the longest time growing up, we suffered through all the two and 14 seasons, the three and 13s. Maybe if we had a decent season for, for us, it was four and 12. But we've suffered through Matt Castle, Brody Croyle, Damon Heward, Tyler Thigpen, Tyler Palco. I mean, we've suffered through them all. And I mean, you look back even to like the. I remember, I, I, I know you remember too. When we were kids, we were almost begging for Ricky Stancy to get a shot. Yeah, I do. And I mean, you look back to the Schottenheimer days, and it's the same thing. With the exception of Trent Green and Alex Smith, it's been pure torture as a Chiefs fan. And and it's not neither of those guys are top level. They were just above average enough to where we could put a scheme together offensively that would succeed and they could win some games. But really, in the last I mean, I don't even if you think about it in the team's history, after Lenny Dawson, there's not a lot of bright spots from that until I mean Joe when he came over. Joe, but yeah, Joe. We had a couple years of Joe, but he was on his last leg. I mean, that'd be like bringing in Tom now. He's kind of doing something similar to what Joe did with us there in Tampa, just on his last legs and just using what little's left in the tank. But for so many years we got the hand me downs, the washed ups, the second hand guys. And and I will say, like Alex Smith, that worked out. Trent Green, that worked out. But those were still second hand guys that had the washed up tag on them and they just overcame it and became above average quarterbacks. But that's what I get so frustrated about. Because the national media and a standard fan doesn't know what we've I mean, us as a fan base, Chiefs Kingdom. They don't know the pain and the suffering that this fan base has went through to get to where we are. I think that we deserve to be able to be excited. We deserve to be a little arrogant because we sat there, and we're not fair-weather fans. You and I, yeah, we're only 25 years old, but we lived through a lot of bad, and we've been fans since we were little, like old enough to where you can just remember memories. In our households, the Chiefs were on the TV every Sunday, and you never missed a game. I haven't missed a game. I'm 25 years old. I've worked multiple different jobs, went to different college levels of schooling. I've never missed a Chiefs game, ever. I've never not watched a Chiefs game since I was three or four years old. Fans like that don't exist very much. And I think I feel like we've earned our right to be happy, our right to enjoy the success, our right to be – and our, our other buddies, most of them aren't Chiefs fans, and one of them's a very negative Chiefs fan – I don't look at it that way because the way I look at it, and yeah, we might be a little bit delusional, but when you have 15 under center, anything's possible. You can beat any team in this league on any Sunday, and it honestly doesn't probably matter what's around him because what 1-5 can do is he can carry a team in a way 
that really no other franchise can say their quarterback can except maybe the Packers. And we may see a guy like Josh Allen eventually ascend to that level. But I'm not convinced yet. I still don't see a guy that takes over a game and puts the entire game on his shoulders and hits every throw. Does he hit most of them? Yes. Does he make great plays that are flashy, that look great on SportsCenter? Yes. But is he developed to where Patrick is, to where he takes the check down over the 60-yard bomb because the check down is going to get you where you need to be over where you could be? No, I don't think that's there yet. I think he's still developing that ability. I just I take Mahomes at 95% or 97% over 100% Josh Allen just because I think, like you said, the physical intangibles are the same, but I think the minds are very, very different. I think Mahomes is on a completely different level from an intellectual standpoint as far as football is concerned and your brain in between the lines. I think that may be the difference this Sunday. I think what Mahomes understands that he's seeing, what Mahomes can react to, is going to be the difference. And the biggest thing I'm worried about, this is the reality. If I'm Buffalo, I start this game – and I do everything I can to see if Patrick Mahomes is turf toes affecting his mobility. If it is, attack. If it isn't, be conservative. And I think it's going to be a tale of two halves in this game. I think we're going to see a game where in the beginning, they play aggressive, they blitz, and see if he's got his mobility. And if that toe isn't affecting him, I think they'll back off and make the adjustment. Leslie Frazier's not a guy that's going to put his defense in a position to get toasted repetitively. But I think he will be aggressive early because to beat this team, you have to be aggressive. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And, you know, there's no other way around it. I mean, we've only been beaten twice. One was with our bench players in, the other, the Raiders just took it to us, you know, and that's what, that's the mentality that Buffalo needs to have. But before we get into our make or breaks, Marcus, let's go ahead and break down our impact players. Um, you know, these are a little different from our regular season impact players because. We were kind of talking about players that we wanted to see play or wanted to get some chances or who we thought would provide a spark. Our impact players this week are going to be the all-stars for both teams because you want to see what they're made of in the playoffs. The Chiefs, we already know what they're made of. You know, they're they're champions. Um, they're looking to be repeat champions. So our, our impact guys for the Chiefs are going to be Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and on defense, you got the tone setter and Chris Jones. I would also put Tyron Matthew as like a – like a defensive B, yeah, one and Frank, Frank, yeah, and Frank Clark as well, because those three guys are going to have to set the tone early, and they're going to have to get to Josh Allen, and this time they're going to have to commit to bringing him down. He escaped a lot of pressures last time we played him in Week Six, and you know I saw a lot of things that they're saying Josh Allen had a bad shoulder in Week Six. You never heard about that, but and, and you know it's kind of just an excuse, but they they have to bring him down this Sunday. Because if they're going to allow him to look downfield deep and not get any pressure, he's going to be able to throw bombs to Stephon Diggs or Cole Beasley anytime he wants to. You know, hopefully our secondary can cover that. But you've got to get pressure this week, and you have to commit to bringing him down. So those are our Chiefs guys. Marcus, go ahead and uh, give me Buffaloes just real quick before we get to our maker breaks. Okay, the Buffalo impact players are going to be, like Jordan said, these are the superstars for both teams. But this is the time where people make their money. And the guys that are making that money or the guys that the the team's on their back, this is where you step up and make your plays. So those three are going to be Josh Allen, Tredavious White, and Stephon Diggs. I think for these three guys, 
Allen, it's very simple. If he doesn't have a game that's on par with Mahomes, they don't win this football game, I don't believe, because I don't think their defense has the ability. You can tell that their defense is afraid of Mahomes' abilities, and they showed that last time they played. These linebackers were on their heels when the ball was snapped. They're afraid of the deep ball. They're afraid of getting beat deep. And I think the Chiefs are going to have the ability to use that to their advantage. Now, I will say that defense was playing banged up in week six. And I think that fact had them playing a little bit differently schematically than they will be come Sunday. They've played a lot more aggressive as of recently. And if Mahomes has some toe injury issues, that could be effective. And I think a guy like Tredavious White is going to be huge from that perspective because that is the guy that you're going to put on Tyreek Hill. I wouldn't press him in man coverage because that's never worked for anybody in the history of Tyreek Hill's career. But bracket coverage him, use your safeties, Micah Hyde and uh, Jordan Poyer. Use Tredavious White's press ability and attack Tyreek Hill. Take him out of the picture. We've seen New England do it when they were in their prime with Tom Brady and that defense. And they were pretty well successful when it mattered in the playoffs. You look back to 2018, they did a very nice job against Hill in the championship game. I think it's going to be very important for White to have a dominant game. Josh Allen's going to have to play on the same level as Mahomes, if not exceed his level of play. I honestly think he has to exceed it for Buffalo to have a chance because I feel like without Zach Moss, Kansas City has a better run game than Buffalo. Um, And then Stephon Diggs. He's been the most consistent, elite-level wide receiver one in the league this year. And I think this team's going to live and die on the Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs connection. If it's not on point, I don't think they have a shot to win this game. So those three guys, Josh Allen, Tredavious White, and Stephon Diggs, are going to be very big for this team to ensure that they keep themselves in the game, let alone have a chance to beat a team like Kansas City, the defending Super Bowl champions in Arrowhead Stadium, for the AFC championship that's got their owner's name on it. There's a lot of stake here, but I still feel like this is Buffalo's one last hump to get to the promised land. Last year, they had their playoff loss. I feel like this year, they're kind of like where the Chiefs were against the Patriots in 2018. I think they're still a little bit away, but you got you got to really uh, – what do I want to say? You got to really uh, give – Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, a round of applause because they've done a hell of a job building a team here in a short amount of time. I think this is a competitive group moving forward. And I really think this may be one of the main rivalries in the AFC for years to come. But I still think that Mahomes is going to be a little bit too much for those impact guys there in Buffalo. And basically, to to sum up what you just said, you know, all in that little segment there, uh, if the Bills play like they're going to play, or if the Bills play like they played last week, they're going to get their ass kicked. I I don't see 17 points being enough to beat Kansas City at all. Um, and I'll, I'll give you my score prediction later, but I'm, I'm telling you, I think it's going to be a blowout. But that's just coming from me. Um, one little note I do have circled here before we get into our make or breaks here in just a second. Josh Allen has not went three games in a row without throwing an interception. And guess what game this is? It's the third game. So, superstition, if you're a superstitious person, that's on our side this week. I see Tyron Matthew coming up with one. I see Frank Clark or Chris Jones getting a strip sack on Josh Allen, getting to him. 
and all momentum is going to be Chiefs the entire game. I'm not trying to put hope into you. I'm not trying to pump you up or nothing like that. That's just how I see it going. And, I mean, if it, if it does pump you up, then, hell yeah, let's roll. But I I definitely think the Chiefs are going to show who they are and what they're capable of. So, Marcus, let's get into our Times Your segment. It is time for the make or break keys to victory. So I'm going to go ahead and open it up this week, talking about Kansas City's offense. And like I said earlier, this is where they've been suspect over the past few weeks. They've only scored on 40% of red zone trips last week with most of the scores coming from field goals anyway. Um, like Marcus said, we have to assume that Buffalo is going to double one of the two of Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey. I expect it to be Tyree Kill because of the speed. Um, what Kansas City's going to have to do to counter that is send him in motion a lot as the Packers used Devontae Adams last week on his matchup with Jalen Ramsey. I expect the Chiefs to do something similar there. Uh, I also expect Sammy Watkins or McCole Hardman to have a big game. Uh, Sammy had one last year in the AFC Championship, and you know he's going to want want his on Buffalo, especially if he's back and healthy and ready to play. So if Buffalo comes out playing deep in soft shell coverage like they did in Week 6, uh, in, in their Week 6 matchup, you have to run, 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 and keep running. Uh, you got a healthy Clyde Edwards-Alaire. you got Daryl Williams, who looked fantastic last week, pounded down their throat, run the ball, run some clock, score um let's see if you'd rather play if they're gonna play man coverage good luck trying to cover all three Kansas City weapons that's all I can tell you if you're doubling Hill you're gonna have Sammy to worry about if you're doubling Kelsey you're gonna have Hill and Watkins to worry about and or Hardman and or Pringle and or Clyde out of the backfield so you just you got to respect all of Kansas City's weapons and I don't see how you can do that playing man coverage especially press man unless you're having safety's help over the top but then Travis Kelsey is just going to feast in the middle when he finds a hole. And as you saw last week, he's one of the best run or route runners in football. So, you know, I, I'm really unsure what Buffalo has planned defensively. But uh, one thing that I think will help them is they're going to have to blitz. Disguise your blitzes, send delayed blitzes, because you don't want to give Mahomes time to develop in the pocket and look for his deep ball. Because as you know, he's one of the best deep ball throwers in football. I'd say behind Russell Wilson. I'd put Josh Allen up there as well just to give him respect. But look for some Andy Reid magic plays that we've been waiting to see for a few weeks. You know, they've been looking kind of stale lately. Uh, look for some Rose Bowl right parade and some stuff like that just to throw them off. I would not expect them to see a power option again, though. But um, I think the Chiefs come out aggressive on offense, try to stretch out the Buffalo defense the second they hit the field. So look for them to take deep shots as soon as they step on the field. Look for them to air it out. Try to establish a run game and keep it well-balanced there. And go, go, go. Keep scoring points. Marcus, what are we looking at defensively? I mean, the defense for the Chiefs, I think a lot of it can be replicated from week six. I think for Buffalo, they have to change up their game plan. I think for Kansas City, it can be kind of the same because they focused a lot on the pass. They executed in getting Josh Allen out of rhythm. They never let him and Stephon Diggs establish a good connection. And they didn't have to allot a bunch of resources, excuse me, to uh, the run game because at that point they didn't really have much of a run game. And I think for the most part they're going to fall back into that. I don't think uh, Devin Singletary even broke the 50-yard mark on like seven or 12 carries, something like that, this last week against uh, Baltimore. So I don't think the run game is going to be that big of a deal for this defense. But I think the main focus should be trying to get pressure on Josh Allen. 
to keep him out of rhythm, like we saw in week six. They generated pressure. They just weren't able to finish on the sacks. I think regardless, if it, whether it be through quarterback hits, quarterback hurries, or sacks, I think that's going to be a big key to this game. You look at this Buffalo – or, yeah, this Buffalo offense, excuse me. I mean, they rank 20th against the run, but they're third in passing offense – or third in the – Jesus, excuse me, I apologize. I'm trying to read my notes, and it's just going poorly. <laughs> Bear with me. Uh, here we go. It's all handwritten, so I'm having a hard time reading my handwriting, to be 100% honest with you. The offense of Buffalo ranks 20th in rushing offense, so they don't have a very solid run game, just like I alluded to. But this pass game is amongst the best in the league. They're third in pass offense overall, and they're third in passing touchdowns. So you have to do whatever it takes to prevent these pass-catching weapons to get into a rhythm. You look at Diggs, you look at Cole Beasley, you look at Singletary, Dawson Knox. They all have the ability to hurt you in the pass game. And the fact remains, you've got to let our front seven be aggressive to generate pressure. But I really do not believe in blitzing heavy because it doesn't seem to work for us very effectively. Unless you're bringing DBs named Matthew or Sneed, if you look at what we've done this season where it's been effective and delayed blitzes or overloaded blitzes where you're blitzing more than four, get home, it comes on the back of 32 or Legereus Sneed. No one else really seems to get home on these blitzes. I don't want to see Ben Neiman in heavy blitz packages. I don't want to see Daniel Sorensen because they never finish on the play. It just takes them out of coverage and usually leaves somebody open in just a very short amount of time. So I think for the Chiefs, let your front seven play aggressive, but don't over overplay things. Because with a guy like Josh Allen, if he gets outside the pocket and you're asking your corners and your safeties name, not Tyron Matthew, to try to tackle Josh Allen one-on-one in open field, he's a big man. That's probably not going to end very well for your uh, – for your defensive player. So don't put your team in that position. Don't put your guys in a position where they're trying to take a guy of Josh Allen's size out in space. They have to sell out to stop the pass. And then basically just hope the run doesn't beat you. Because on paper, this run game is much, much weaker than this pass game. So you have to make sure that you set all your resources to stop the pass game. They're 15th in rushing touchdowns, though. So they can hurt you if you completely just ignore the run game when it comes to the red zone opportunities because they're right there in the middle of the league. It's not great, but it's not bad. But you need to focus on containing the pass game. And they're going to still try to create a balance offensively because that's the identity they've developed to get where they are. So you're still going to see probably 8 to 12 carries on a guy like Devin Singletary. But be effective, be disciplined in your run fits, win and shed your blocks if you're the Chiefs defensive lineman. And make them understand early that they don't have the opportunity to run the football. And I think that's going to put them in a position where they're very one-dimensional offensively. And we've seen it in the past. In the big games prior to this season, when there's late-game pressure and crunch time in the biggest moments of his career, Josh Allen's crumbled. You have to lock down this team in coverage, drop seven, let your four or your two $20 million men get in there, earn that money, make those plays, get that pressure, knock him out of his comfortability, and make him make poor decisions. If the run game beats you, it is what it is. But the possibility of this pass game destroying you if you don't prepare for it effectively is 100% guaranteed. So if the run game beats you, we can we can settle for that. Because at the end of the day, 
the Chiefs offense and the Chiefs pass game is going to outpace any run game in this league, in my opinion. I've always felt that way. They need 30 seconds to score a touchdown. There's no other offense really right now, but except maybe Green Bay, that can say that for themselves. So I think if you're the Chiefs, get pressure on Allen, make him uncomfortable, basically dominate in pass coverage to the best of your ability, put all your resources in pass coverage, drop seven as much as possible, blitz four as much as possible. And then when you do bring those heavy blitzes, they need to be delayed blitz bringing in guys like Sneed and Matthew or corner blitz bringing in Sneed. I don't want to see the guys that are ineffective because in this moment, you don't want to do anything or exhaust any unnecessary energy. And I feel like those overloaded blitzes with guys that never get home is just a waste of time. So for that point, focus on the pass game. If the run game beats you, it is what it is because more than likely the Chiefs offense is going to outpace anybody's run game, especially this 20th ranked Buffalo running unit. So for the Chiefs, I think they're very capable of executing this because it plays into their strength. I would much rather be in a situation where we have to stop the pass and generate some pressure than be in a situation where we're playing a guy like Derrick Henry, per se, or a unit like the Ravens that run the ball at a dominant level. I trust the Chiefs' pass coverage much more than I trust their run coverage. All right, moving over to the Buffalo side on defense. Um, Here's what I want you to do if you're Buffalo. I want you to take your week six game plan. I want you to crumble it up. I want you to throw it in the damn trash because there's absolutely zero chance you do that again. Your first thing you have to do is you have to get pressure. That that has to be your number one concern. There's no other way around it. You already have Mahomes coming off whatever injury that he had, a uh, turf toe or just a toe injury. I'm not sure what it was. Uh, like I said, you have to think that will slow him down a little bit. So force pressure, disguise blitzes on the outside, try to get to him early. That way he can't escape the pocket. However, that doesn't mean blitz as much as you did against Baltimore because if you watch the Baltimore game, you know they absolutely blitz the hell out of Lamar Jackson. So do not do that because eventually Mahomes is going to torch you. So I'm, I'm definitely not buying into the whole Josh Norman is following Tyreek Hill headline at all. He's way too slow. There's no chance. You're going to have to double him, and there's really no other way around it. However, if you decide to double Tyreek Hill, you're going to have to find another way to guard Kelsey unless you have the absolute utmost confidence in Tremaine Edmonds to guard him one-on-one, I would not, uh, because nobody can guard him one-on-one, if we're being honest. So don't be so committed to the arm and weapons of the Chiefs that you forget about the run. You were torched for nearly 260 last time, so you probably don't want to do that again. So don't forget about it. It's still going to be there. Get after Mahomes. It's your only shot. I mean, Marcus, I, you hit I, me up on offense. Yeah, I'll go ahead and hit on offense. I was just sitting there thinking, I honestly don't see a situation where if the Chiefs can stop Josh Allen in that pass game, where they even have any much or have much of an opportunity. And maybe it's just naive on our part, but when this offense is clicking at its highest caliber, it's very dominant. But the tail of the tape is going to be whether Buffalo can c- come to the come to the situation, step up to the moment, and be prepared to score toe-to-toe with this Chiefs offense. So with that being said, for Buffalo's offense, I think the big key for them is I would try to establish a run game straight away. First thing, the Chiefs' biggest weakness defensively is their rush defense, and I think they're going to prepare to stop the pass. 
knowing that if <clears throat> excuse me, if I'm Buffalo, I make sure to do everything we can to get this run game going early. Because if you dominate the line of scrimmage and give them that confidence and create that early running success, not only is this going to allow for Allen to have more time because the Chiefs now have to respect the run game, but it's also going to put more people in the box, therefore eliminating them from pass coverage, therefore making it easier for a guy like Beasley or Diggs to get open efficiently and repetitively. And I think Josh Allen's a quarterback that's very, very reliant on rhythm, very reliant on confidence, and this team's done a nice job in their ascension to becoming contenders and ensuring that Josh Allen's hitting his P's and Q's early on to where the confidence is there and he doesn't get in his own head and try to take over and do it all by himself. Um, I think their biggest shot of success is if the run game is effective and the Chiefs have to respect the balance of their offense. Um, And another part of it is the Chiefs' strength is this pass defense. So why, why attack what they're best at if you can try to attack what they're worst at? And that's just my philosophy. It's very rudimentary and kind of, kind of basic and sounds a little bit obvious, but a lot of teams try to get fancy in moments like these. The lights are on you. This is a big deal. Don't make it that. You take their best thing and you try to attack them on what they're bad at, essentially. So I think early they should try to do the run game. If it doesn't work, then this game's going to become Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen. You just got to hope you you have a guy that can stay in it and that your defense can make some plays here and there. I think regardless of the approach, though, that they take offensively. I think it's going to be a pass-heavy game, even if the run game is effective, because I think that's the best and most effective and efficient way they can score points easily. Because even if the run game's doing well to their standards and kind of surprising the Chiefs, and as if they didn't prepare for it the way that they necessarily are going to prep for the passing game, I think it's still not enough to keep them in the game on its own. So I think they will be aggressive in the pass game, more or less, but still maintain some balance. I expect to see a lot of shot plays on deep crossers to John Brown and deep crossers to Cole Beasley. And then using Dawson Knox and Stephon Diggs intermediately and then taking the big shots downfield on post routes and more similar to what we see with Tyreek Hill with a Stephon Diggs. So I think for Buffalo – Establish the run early. Even if it is being effective, you still have to take your shots, which you'll be able to do if it is succeeding because of what the Chiefs will have to do in response to that. And just be aggressive. This is a situation where you're putting your, this franchise that's been very tormented and very unsuccessful since the four Super Bowl debacle and the repetitive losses. I know the city and this team wants to get their their – organization back to a Super Bowl to get this proverbial monkey off their back. And the best way to do that is get Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs in a rhythm, give Allen his confidence, and let the guy that you went out and got make plays because he's capable of doing it. And I think if you're Buffalo, that's the only shot you have. Give me your score prediction before we get off here. I think this is going to be a shootout. I think the defenses are going to make plays. But I don't think necessarily that they're going to make enough plays to alter the game either way. I expect it to be close throughout. I do feel like the Chiefs offense, when it matters, is going to make a play. Or we're going to see a guy like Dan Sorensen or Tyron Matthew step up with their backs against the wall on the final drive of the game. So with that being said, I'm going to take 
I'm going to take Kansas City covering the spread of it's three and a half currently. It did go up a little bit with the Mahomes change. I'm going to take Kansas City 41 to 38 with one Harrison Butker missed extra point. All right. I'm going to go the absolute opposite of you. I think it's going to be a bloodbath from the start because I think Kansas City's tired of getting dodged by the media. Uh, Skip Bayless is one of those. Shout out Skip Bayless. But I know a lot of Chiefs Kingdom is behind me. And I'm going to pick the Chiefs 45 to 13. I think. Wow. <laughs> I think the I know. I think the Bills are a little stale. Um, and if you guys were listening last week, you you'll know that I called uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb being held under 150 yards combined, uh, or no, 125 combined, I believe. Yeah, that's what I said. But I called that. I'm calling this as well. Chiefs by a lot. That's just my, it's my prediction. It's my it's my bold statement aside from CBS. So we'll see who's closer on uh, our predictions. But Chiefs 45. Bills 13, Kansas City heads back to the Super Bowl. They're going to play against Aaron Rodgers in the State Farm Super Bowl. And, you know, let's go run it back. Let's do this thing. I'm excited. These next two days need to hurry the hell up so we can get this thing going. And it sucks it's going to be a night game because you're going to have to wait all day. And, you know, we'll know who who we'll be playing against in the Super Bowl by then, but I've, I've got Chiefs all day. So, Marcus, you got anything else to add before we get off here? I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to be who wants it more. And I personally feel like with the disrespect from the media, the disrespect is individual players, guys not getting the accolades they deserve, Mahomes being as great as he is, getting the Michael Jordan treatment in a way and not getting the recognition he deserves. This is a man that writes everything down. People have been counting him out all week with this injury. I expect a fired-up Patrick Mahomes. I mean, we saw on Mike Dup this week what Tyron Matthew brings to the game every every time it matters. He's a guy that's going to fire this defense up. They're going to have the leadership. They're going to have the fire. They're going to have the want to, and they're going to run it back. And let's just – I mean, let's roll. That's how I feel about it. I'm looking forward to it. And one last note, I think it's a little crazy that Eric Bieniemy has not received a head coaching opportunity, but I'm fine with it. Let's do her again. Bring him back. Let's get us another ring, and we'll go for another campaign. If somebody else doesn't want the greatness that comes out of this city, that comes out of this organization, that's fine. We'll keep it. We're comfortable. He's working with the reigning MVP, both Super Bowl and league. Or not the reigning league MVP, but you know what I mean. A guy like that here. We'll take him. Let's just keep stacking him. You said earlier, we're the news patriots. I don't want to develop that mentality, but people are giving us that. So why not embrace it? Let's do it without the cheating, of course, but let's embrace it. Let's run it back, and let's run it back, and let's run it back, and let's not stop because we're not getting the respect we deserve. We're not getting the – I would say etiquette. We've earned this. This fan base has earned this. This team has earned this. We're in a position to where we deserve to be happy. We deserve to enjoy our team's success, and I look forward to another successful Sunday. So last thing for me, let's roll. We'll keep Eric Bieniemy if nobody else wants him. That's fine, and let's run it back. Right there with you. Couldn't have said it better. We will see you guys next week. We're not going to be talking game preview because we're going to have the bye before the Super Bowl, but we will see you guys next week. This has been the Nosebleed Seats 
I'm Jordan Anderson. With me as always, my buddy Marcus Baker. We will see you guys next week. Let's go, Chiefs. Let's roll. To the Chiefs kingdom, you guys are world champions once again. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Go Chiefs!